Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to our GYST podcast, where we help you get your together. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another edition of your favorite podcast, the GYST podcast, also known as Get Your Shit Together. Kyle Reed. Rohe Rohila, my How man. How you doing? Not too bad, brother. How about yourself? Uh, I would like to thank you for this smorgasbord of goodies that you brought. Vegetables and, and meats and cheeses. I like it. You have not yet to have one bite. Uh, yes, you're right. I'm not hungry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to arm wrestle you right now. <laughs> this is me giving with the expectation that you will eat. Oh, reference back to uh, episode 108, I A couple see. weeks ago, last yeah. week, whenever that was. Um, and so we also had some Hawaiian vanilla rum. Yeah, I was wondering why that was so sweet. It was Hawaiian vanilla rum? Yeah. It was kind of delicious. It went yeah. down a little bit too easy. Mm. That just means you need a refill. I think maybe. All right. Shots on air. Oh, man. Cheers, brother. Kyle Reed. Rohi Rohila. <coughs> Taking more shots than Ooh. Kobe on game night. All right. So, Kyle. Rohit. This episode is one that really is exciting to me. Yeah. Because it's all about are you are you are you improving your life every day? Is that what it's all about? It is. And <clears throat> all kidding aside, this is so fantastic because I see this all the time at seminars where people will go in and they'll have major breakthroughs. And then they get back to their real life, and then all of a sudden, it's like they forgot everything. And I don't know, you attended a seminar recently, and so you probably received an email from me two weeks later. I did. And it said, I purposefully wait, because by then, your old habits have kicked in again. Mm -hmm. And we're back to living normal life, and that seminar experience has been forgotten. And it's just a little reminder to say, hey, you know, are you really serious about making changes in your life? Mm -hmm. And what I like about today's topic is you don't have to have major breakthroughs every day. You just have to improve a little at a time. If you change your life by 1% every day, in 100 days, you're 100% better. Oh, yeah. And so there are action items that you can take every day to, to improve. And we're not just talking about personal development. We're talking about your job. Um, a lot of people will just say, you know, oh, that's not my job or, or whatever the case is. Siloed. One got to stack the water. One got to un- unload the pallets. Yeah. And why why isn't it that, you know, they say dress for the job that you want. Not the job that you have. Not the job that you have. Well, why can't that be true with the skill set as well? If you are in sales, but you'd like to become a manager... Why can't you take steps every single day to prove to, to even your team that you're a leader and that you can get the, that skill set to, to help motivate people? It doesn't take a lot. It just takes a little bit every day to do something. But I feel like there's so many people who feel like they need to make these huge, monumentous changes in order to really get moving or, or change things in their life. But we've both talked uh, several times that that's definitely not the case. It's just the little things yeah, that will will do it. I agree 100%. I wrote down a few things because um, you said little steps, right? Mm-hmm. 
And the one thing I hate is when people say, I don't know how to do that. Mm. Or I don't know how or I don't know whatever, whatever it may be, fill in the blank, right? Well, you didn't know how to walk at one point. And this isn't disparaging people who cannot walk today. But what I'm saying is, is if you take that idea to other things in your life, Mm -hmm. you are enabling yourself to learn more, to continue to learn and continue to improve. Mm. You couldn't ride a bike at one point. Do you know how to ride a bike now? Yeah. It's been a while probably. Yeah. Do you think you could do it tomorrow? Yeah. It, what makes you, know, you think that? I I think because they say, you know, once you've learned how to ride a bike, you can you can always ride a bike. I didn't ask you what they say. I asked you what makes you think you can ride a bike tomorrow. <laughs> um the repetition that I did. Okay. I think muscle memory will, will play into it. Um it's the only thing is the balance. Because when was the last time you just balanced on, you know, two thin wheels or, or whatever the case is? Yeah. But once you have that skill set, you have it. So you believe that you have the skill set? Yeah. Why do you believe that? Because you've done it. I've done it. That's all there is to it. Yeah. What gave you the strength to figure out how to ride a bike? Do you even remember? I don't know that I remember. I just thought, man, that's a good question. I'd have to go back to that one. Mm-hmm. Everyone's riding a bike. Like as a kid, it's a rite of passage to learn how to ride a bike and to ride a bike without training wheels. Yeah. So my desire to learn eclipsed the reality that I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Mm-hmm. I think also my um, we'll we'll call it my lack of programs as a child removed inhibitions Mm. because I didn't have any fears. So you're saying it was easier to learn how to ride a bike as a child because the fears that you have as an adult would prevent you from... Yeah, those fears didn't exist. Yeah. Until after I wrecked the first time. Then I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) But it's worth it. It's fun. Yeah. I can get from A to B so fast. But... I think that's something to look at. I mean, we ride a bike because you want to get better at it. You continue riding, repetition, you improve. You put that down for a long time. But your confidence and your ability never goes away. How do we bring that back into our life? Because when we're adults, it's that fear that overtakes us mm-hmm. and prevents us from stepping outside of our comfort zone. It's it's a self-preservation mechanism. Mm-hmm that to hold back to hold back because if we do something that that we don't know how to do let's say you never learned how to ride a bike as a kid and now it's time as an adult first off there's going to be judgment that comes into it i'm not talking about from other people i'm talking about from yourself because you're going to be embarrassed you're going to only ask the people that you deep down trust kyle I don't know how to ride a bike. Please don't tell anyone, but I need your help. Like, you know, let's keep this on the down low. Now you're judging yourself because there's, there are kids who have this skill set that you don't have. And so that plays into effect also because the older we get, the less likely we are to take risks. Mm. Think about, you know, even just public speaking. If you grew up, I, I, 
okay, so so here's a, here's a here's a perfect example. I think the reason why kids are so courageous, and as we grow older, we become less courageous, is because when we're younger, we don't know what we don't know. Okay. And think about the times when you have learned something new, when you didn't think about it. You didn't know that that was supposed to be difficult. So when you're a, when you're a child, public speaking, for example, is not that big of a deal because you don't know it's something that you should be afraid of. Kindergarten comes around, show and tell. Heck yeah, I can't wait until the one time you realize your zipper's down. And then it's like, oh, shoot, I'm not going to do this anymore. Because you showed and told a little too much. (laughs) A little too much. Uh, That wasn't until like fourth, fifth grade, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, but, But you don't know what you don't know as a kid. And so if you don't know that this is something that you should be afraid of, if you don't know that comfort zones exist and you should only do things that don't help you grow as a person, then you're going to take those risks. Hmm. But the older we grow, we're afraid to take those risks. So it's creating a program. And you said something unique. If you don't know that this is something you should be afraid of, why should you be afraid of it? Because you, sh- you shouldn't be, mm-hmm. but you are. You believe in this made-up thing that you're afraid of that prevents you from moving forward. Fear of failure. Could be, yeah. Potentially. I don't know. It's huge. Um, you said something about the way something's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And um, I wrote down to challenge the status quo. Yeah. You can't improve on anything in life, yourself, your family, loved ones, friends, professionally, personally, spiritually, or physically, if you don't challenge the way things are. Because if you don't, Mm. nothing changes. Mm. And there can be no improvement without change. So I think that's something you have to do. You have to challenge the status quo. Now, I don't know exactly how you do that. But I think there's a series of questions you can ask yourself. Because what is the status quo? It's your comfort zone. 100%. It's what you're comfortable with. Even, you know, there, there are certain, there's those certain key phrases that, that you always come across that leaders would never say. And one of them is, we've always done it that way. But how many times do you, do you see that in the workplace? Okay, the do this report. Why? Because it's required. Why? Why? We've just always done it. But why? Who even reads it? That leads me to a great story, and you may have heard this. I don't even know where I heard it from or where it came from, but it's about the monkeys in a cage. I have not heard it. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'll give you the, the short Cliff Notes version, but I recommend that you find it on YouTube or something, and we can even post it to the site. The story goes, a scientist put five monkeys in a cage. In the middle of that cage, there was a ladder. At the top of that ladder was a big bowl full of bananas. Five monkeys in the cage. First monkey that tries to get the bowl of bananas gets sprayed with a fire hose and all the other monkeys. Monkey tries to go up there again, they all get sprayed. Monkey tries to go up there again, they all get sprayed. Pretty soon, those five monkeys are no longer touching that fucking ladder. They're not even looking at it. They're soaking wet, sitting in a corner, upset. 
scientist pulls one of the monkeys out, puts a new monkey in. Mm-hmm. That monkey tries to climb to the top of the ladder to get the bananas. The other four monkeys kick his ass. Yeah. Why do they kick his ass? They don't want to get the bananas. Because every time they tried to climb to the top of that ladder to get the bananas, they got sprayed by a fire hose. Scientist removes another monkey, puts a new one in. That monkey immediately tries to go up and get the bananas. The other four monkeys, including the monkey they just added, kick his ass and prevent him from getting the bananas. The scientist continues to do this mm-hmm. until there are five brand new monkeys in the cage that have never been sprayed by the fire hose. Oh. Not a single one of those monkeys is touching the bananas at the top of that ladder. Why? Yeah. When the last monkey comes in, he says, hey, those bananas up there. How come every time I try to get them, you guys kick my ass? They reply, we don't know. It's just always been that way. <laughs> yeah. It, it, there, there was an experiment done, and, and a special shout-out to my cousin, Julie, who uh, is actually sharing this video. So thanks, cousin. Uh, but there's, there's a video where they did the same thing with humans, to mm. where every time uh, there was a bell or something like that, the, the initial person would stand up. In an office. Down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In like a doctor's office or something. Yeah. I've seen that. And then everyone who was originally part of it leaves and still like new people, people come do in it. and they stand up. Yeah. And it's that behavior. Because I think deep down what that's speaking to on, on a human level, I think with the monkeys is something completely different. Because with, with the monkeys, they don't have consciousness. Mm-hmm. They don't know, like for, for them... Everything that they know is is how to procreate. That that's their existence. That's it. Well, yeah, monkeys you know, are smarter than that. <laughs> but but when it comes to humans, we have the ability to think. Should I do this or should I not? We have consciousness. And so that experiment, when it came to humans, was something completely different because I think what that shouted out to was the need to be included. Hmm. Because if I'm the only one not standing up and everyone else is standing up, then I must be doing something right and not, something wrong. I'm not standing up. I'm standing out. Yeah. And, and the same thing happens in life as well. If 90, 97% of the population is going to end up dead or dead broke, <laughs> like that's, that's been proven so many times. There's only 3% of the people of the population who will step up, become entrepreneurs, or will, will develop some form of income with multiple streams of income to where once they retire, they're retired. Only 3%. Hmm. Because if you think about it, how often do people ask other people in the in their exact same situation for advice? And an example I have of that is a long time ago, um, I was actively involved in network marketing. And there was this person that I spoke to and, and did a presentation and, and he was he was sold. He was ready to come on board. Very excited, bound for some amazing things. And he asked one more time. He's like, "Can you can you do this presentation again to one of my friends? Just want to get his thoughts on it." I'm like, "Sure, absolutely, not a problem." His friend comes, and his friend is just sitting like this the whole time. And I knew, okay, you know, when when you're giving off this signal, it's not going to work. Nothing I can say is going to convince you otherwise, because what you're looking for is a rebuttal. I'm not going to give you that. You know, if you don't want to do this, fine. I'm, I'm going to move on to people who do. And at the end, sh- sure enough, uh, the guy came up to me. He's like, yeah, I talked to my friend. You know, he doesn't think this is a good idea. Okay, not a problem. It's not for you. Completely understand. Just out of curiosity, what does your friend do? He's a dishwasher at a restaurant. Oh, God. I'm not judging, but 
whose lifestyle would you rather have? And I think that's a fantastic question to ask, even when it comes to friends. This is a conversation you and I had downstairs earlier. Yeah. If you surround yourself with people who are in your circle of influence, who aren't really as forward thinking with their own goals, you're only going to pick up bad habits from them. You're going to fall into the, the 97%. It's, it's the people that you need to hang out with who are different, who are questioning, like you said, the status quo, who aren't, just, who aren't just doing things because that's the way that's always been done. Those are the people that you really need to surround yourself with. Hmm. That's good. It's true. 100%. How do you do it? How do you get on track? To do that, you have to make a conscious decision that where you're at today is not good enough, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I have had discussions. I think there's a big difference between contentment and complacency. You disagree, and that's okay. <laughs> and that's okay. But I think in this scenario, I'm speaking to contentment. Where I am at in life today is not good enough, Mm -hmm. but that's okay. It doesn't mean I'm not thankful for the blessings that I have and the things that I've achieved. To me, that's contentment because I recognize what I have attained, but I also realize that I want more and I need to take steps to get there. So I ask myself questions like, Is this adding value to my life? Before I do something, before I spend money on something, a large purchase, not stuff like this, right? I ask myself, is this adding value to my life? I think it's a huge question because things that add value to my life, I would also say that they're improving my life or or others around me. So I think that's one big question that, I think for me is very powerful and is a really simple question to ask yourself because it really makes you stop and think about things and kind of analyze what you're doing. And if you can ask yourself that question, you can get past some of the superficial desires to do or obtain certain things that are really doing nothing for you. Mm-hmm. If you hang out with the same group of friends that All they do is work every day and complain about work every day and go out drinking on Friday and Saturday night and complain about working. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Right? When you could spend some of that time on a vacation or actively rebuilding your resume and searching for a job that you won't complain about every day or turning apart your resume and creating a job that you won't hate every day. I think those are things that people are afraid to ask. And I don't know why we're afraid to ask those things. So one of the things that I wrote down on the board behind you one one night is not thinking is easier than thinking. 
So not thinking is easier than thinking, okay. which I think is the reason why so many of us are on autopilot. Mm, okay. Because we, we wake up going. and we don't question it. We get ready and get dressed. We don't question it. We go to work for eight plus hours a day and we don't question it. We come home sitting in traffic and we don't question it. We eat dinner, maybe watch a little TV to relax and we don't question it. And then we go to sleep and we don't question it. Because it's the status quo. And all of a sudden now, that's your identity. Think about this. When you meet someone, right? What's the first thing that happens? Hi, my name's Rohit. Kyle, nice to meet you. So what do you do? I sell drugs. Right? Oh, in that case, no. Right. Um, But why is it that we define ourselves by our occupation? Because that's who, that's the identity we have created around ourselves. Wow. Who am I? I'm the, the, um, the owner of a personal leadership company. Who are you? You are a software sales field engineer. <laughs> you know, who are you? Oh, you know, I, I work at Walmart or who are you? Uh, you know, wh- whatever the whatever case is. Whatever it is. That's the, that's the first thing that people do. And I think it adds to the fact that you brought up status quo. Take out quo. It status. Hmm. Because whether or not we even realize it, we're going to judge someone based off their answer. So we're judging ourselves. So if I ask you, oh, Kyle, what do you do? And you say, you know what? I'm a shoe salesman. I love shoes, which you do. I love shoes. I, I work at Nike, you know, selling shoes. I love it. Okay, great. And in my head, subconsciously, I'm going to think, wow, he's just a retail salesperson. Okay, on a scale of for status, he's down here. Now I ask you again, Kyle, what do you do? Oh, I'm the CEO of a software development company. Whoa! Now, son, it rises. It's going to change my interaction with you from here on out. Hmm. And if we define ourselves by our occupation, we are limiting ourselves. It's a, it's a self-limiting belief because I'm saying I need to fit within this category of earning, you know, 60K a year. 50 to 60K a year is, is all I'm worth. Um, a job that's similar to this is all I'm worth. And it happens all the time. How many people do you know who will move from company to company to company getting new jobs that they're excited about, but they're typically doing the same amount of work, typically making about the same amount of money. But instead, if you go into every situation with, how do I improve? How do I take the actions that are necessarily that are necessary every single day to improve? Now all of a sudden, you're challenging the status quo which you said is not something that, that we feel comfortable doing because we're on autopilot because it's easier not to. You, you led me to a realization that you said, take out the quote, challenge the status quo, but take out the quote because you're challenging your status. It's challenging yourself because when you're on autopilot, I think you're in acceptance. Oh, that's powerful right there. So in order to challenge the status quo, you have to challenge yourself. And I think people are afraid to do that. Very afraid to do that. 
One, they don't know their worth. You mentioned that you're worth X. Um, what do you think you're worth? That's a fantastic from a question. monetary standpoint. And I, and I think that's what it comes down to. That's how most of us judge ourselves. Mm-hmm. When, for example, when when I was working at Microsoft, I was a, a retail field trainer, and so I worked from home a lot, or I was I was out on the road. I went into campus maybe maybe once or twice a week. And from here to campus, to Redmond, took about two hours in the morning. Yeah, it was terrible. Unless I get the Go Pass. So for those not familiar with the Go Pass, you you know, you know pay a toll or whatever, and it's mm-hmm. you know usually a couple bucks, three, four bucks. And it shaves your time by an hour. Heck yeah, I would do that all day long. But yep. you have people who are sitting in traffic Oh, you know, I'm not going to pay three, four dollars. So now all of a sudden you're telling yourself. Your time's not worth it. Your time's not worth three, four dollars. An hour of your time. And that's what we need to do is take a look. Microsoft said their value in me was X amount of dollars per hour. You know, when you break down your salary, Microsoft is saying this is how much you're worth. Same thing with your employer. They said, okay, Kyle Reed, based off your your skill set, you're worth X amount of dollars per hour. That completely changes things. Because now let's say you sit down to watch TV for an hour. Now you know what that hour is really worth. Because another company has seen that value in you. Has said, I believe Kyle is worth $30 an hour, $40 an hour, $50 an hour. And if you watch TV for an hour, you just robbed yourself of that. Because what else could you create with a company that has already seen that skill set in you if you were to take that skill set and apply it to your own life? What could you create? But I think hmm. it comes down to it. We're, we're just afraid to. And we don't know what we're worth. I had this conversation with somebody recently. And, and that's why I ask, what? What do you think you're worth? And, and let's even put it in the context of a life insurance policy. What would you get life insurance for? I'm asking. Oh, um, like how much is my life insurance? Not how much is it, mm-hmm. if you don't want to share that. But uh, if you were to go and get life insurance tomorrow, what would you consider? That's tough. Because now, son, you're looking at the collective experiences of this individual, mm-hmm. what is that worth? What do you think? I don't know how to answer that. That's tough. Quarter million, half a million, million? See, because now it comes down to, oh, this is a great question. I think it comes down to uh, almost an energy. What's kinetic versus perpetual? What do you mean by that? So what are you capable of doing? So right now, the skill set I have is not worth a million dollars a year. Following my current path, it will be in a couple of years. There's no doubt beyond my mind. I bet you if I asked you the same thing, you would agree as well. Mm-hmm. Because I'm working every single day and implementing every single day to get that skill set. But right now, it's not there. So when it comes to life insurance, are you looking at the the potential energy? Or the kinetic energy. What could be or what is. And when you look at what is, are you even looking at yourself? 
or are you looking at the banks to whom the money you owe? Mm, yeah. Yeah, that's true too. You're not even looking at your potential at all. So do you not believe you're worth anything? Yeah, because most people would just take out the minimum to, to pay off the house and, and the bills and stuff like that. And Yeah, house and the bills and the funeral. Yeah. Because I'm not worth anything. Wow. I'm only worth the debt that I've already accrued. Forgetting that at even $100,000 a year, you're worth over $3 million. As an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. you have aspirations for an annual income. Mm-hmm. Whatever that may be. The life that you have lived, let's say it's a six-figure lifestyle. Knowing that, your goal to meet a standard retirement age should say that you're worth $3 million, give or take, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. What are you going to do to get there? What are you going to ask yourself so that you can improve day in and day out to get to $3 million? That should be the number in mind. Right? Mm -hmm. Why do we not think like that? Why do we think only of the things that we already owe to somebody else and not of what our potential is? Because if I, if all I left behind to my loved ones was a home, a credit card, and car, and, and a funeral expenses, I've robbed them and myself both of what I could have provided. Mm-hmm. I am worth far more than this stupid fucking mortgage payment. Yeah. I'm worth far more than this stupid fucking visa. But why don't I believe it? And and how often do the risks that you are willing to take how often are they based off of that debt? A hundred percent of the time, we'll call it. Yeah. It's so close that I'm not even gonna worry about splitting hairs. Because I don't want to, I don't want to risk going to a new job. Because right now I know what I'm capable of. I know how much money's coming in. Mm-hmm. I can pay my mortgage and I can be happy. Yep. And we limit ourselves right there. And everybody wants happiness, right? But what is happiness? Define it. I don't know. I think what happiness is as a kid is completely different than what happy how we define happiness as an adult. One hundred percent. And I don't know that. That should be the case. Because I think a, that's developed. Yeah. Because as as adults, we limit our happiness because we don't want to, you know, it's it's based off the past hurts and the and the limitations. And so we convince ourselves that we're happy. When if if I ask the nine-year-old Kyle, if right now if I take your life mm-hmm. and put it down on paper, take that sheet of paper and give it to a nine-year-old Kyle. Be like, okay, Kyle, when you are X amount of years from now, this is your life. What do you say? Are you happy with it or are you not? I would say nine-year-old Kyle would be like, you're not a school teacher and you don't already have kids and a white picket fence and a dog. Yeah. Why is it that as, as kids we, we dream big, but as adults we, we settle for everything? That's what it is. It's settling. Mm-hmm. 
I think people have a perception that more success equals more work. And so because of that perception, they're happy. So they don't want to make, um, they don't want to work any harder than they have to. Because we convince ourselves that, you know what? My life is pretty good. And so I don't want to work harder. I don't want to do something every single day to improve my life. Because the life I have right now is pretty good. I think that's 100% settling. Mm -hmm. You are becoming a victim of your circumstances. You are in a lack mentality. You are saying, I've reached my peak. Life cannot get any better than this. And one of the things that you mentioned that really struck with me, personal development's my life. And so when you were talking about what are the things that you can do every single day to improve yourself, I automatically went towards personal development. Hmm. But you said maybe it's a vacation. Could be anything. And I think that's phenomenal. Yeah. You don't have to limit yourself to and, – and that that's almost speaking to me. It doesn't I have do to be that. a Bible scripture. It doesn't have to be a verse in a uh, or a chapter in a Tony Robbins book. It doesn't have to be saving another $5 or earning another $5, whichever direction you'd, you'd like to go. Um, how are you improving your, your mental health and well-being? I think there are so many things that you can do to improve your life every day. And for me, I think it really just boils down to the question is, is this adding value to my life? A vacation. A chapter in a Tony Robbins book. A Bible scripture. Or a scripture from whichever book you subscribe. Time with a close friend in front of a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> Over some Hawaiian rum. Uh, it could be anything. It could be anything. But as you take in these experiences and thoughts and ideals, don't forget about them. Remind yourself of them and apply them. If I didn't pay attention to some of the modules in the seminar, I wouldn't be able to effectively communicate with Emily mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. I feel like I'm pretty good at it I know I can continue to improve um, but that's the thing is I know that I can improve and I'm going to take steps to get there so I think it's about let's call it humble arrogance I know I'm good at it but I also know I can get better I think that's really important and it, it shows. I mean, I've, it's 2018. I've known you for 10 years. Oh my God. I've known you for 10 years now. Long time. I didn't even think about it. And the you that I've seen since, since the podcast, since even before when, when we started talking about personal development, I've noticed a huge change in you. Especially when I think back to that one conversation that you and I had on the phone the other day or a couple of weeks ago about the seminar. and, mm. and Before you know, the seminar. Yeah, before the seminar. Got it. Yeah, yeah. I remember. It's 
it's so fantastic to see. And and people are not willing to challenge their beliefs, which is the only way that you can grow if you challenge your own beliefs. Because it's painful. I, I tell people all the time, personal development is amazingly difficult because it's taking a look at all the things that are not how you would want them in your life, whether it be not making enough money, not having the types of relationships, whatever the case is. And the only person that you can blame is the mirror. Hmm. And people don't want to do that because we are so married to our beliefs that if somebody challenges our belief, even if it's the wrong belief to have and it's self-limiting, we get mad at them. Who do you think you are telling me that I've been, you know, making wrong decisions all my life and it's led down a path of, um, you know. Destruction. Destruction. <laughs> and the thing is, it's it's so difficult because when you when you came to that seminar, your very first one, the 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 very first one we did with you, Grohl in Dallas, mm-hmm. you had to challenge your own beliefs because you knew that's how you would grow. Yeah, and what that's doing is admitting that your beliefs for the past twenty plus years were wrong. Yeah, amazingly difficult. That's why I have so much respect for people who who do this kind of stuff who can take an open, honest look at themselves and realize that they're not the best version of them that they could be. And have a desire to want to be the best version of yourself. Because we settle because it's easier. Yeah. We're not willing to do the the little things it takes every day. Tony Robbins says, um, can I? Which stands for, it's it's an acronym which stands for constant and never ending improvement. Always, always continue to improve. No matter what you do, your boy, Kobe. Oh, man. Get out of town, cousin. Right? Yeah. Your boy, Kobe. He had to adapt his game. Man got older, lost a step, couldn't jump as high, couldn't jump as far. So he improved his jump shot. Man, you couldn't tell that man shit from the elbow. He was shooting 90% (laughs) from there. I'm exaggerating, but... It was something he realized that he needed to change and he needed to get better at this particular skill set because there were other skill sets that he knew were waning. So he had to address those with a new set of skills. That's important. To have that much success in your craft, you could easily rest on your laurels. And just give up and move on. But he didn't. And that is fucking massive. Huge. Just real quickly, I, I know I said I'm done, but but I think it's important to to talk about how we see quote celebrities mm-hmm. or, or the people who are so good in their craft that we don't see all the hard work that they do. The iceberg. It's totally a commitment to always improving. And there's so many people who say, well, why should I listen to you? You haven't made it yet. Fair enough. Do you think Kobe is is uh, 
asking his coach for advice because his coach is a better basketball player than him? Hell no. Do you think uh, Tiger Woods is a caddy or coach or whatever? Yeah. Is is better than him? It's it's that external perspective that we can have that will help see past the self-limiting limitations that, that we place on ourselves. Yeah. And so where you, Kyle, can tell me, Rohit, what some of the things are that I need to change in my life to be more successful. That I am not capable nor willing to see. I say capable because if I can take an external view and see, okay, I need to start doing this instead of that, I would have done it by now. And I say willing because, again, if I look back and say, wow, I've been making the wrong decision, I don't want to do that, therefore, I'm not even going to question my beliefs. Hmm. I'm settling. But from an outsider's perspective, you can do that because, again, you are not married to the beliefs that I have. And I think that's how we improve. That's what you need to do every day is just improve. It doesn't have to be life-altering. It doesn't have to be around personal development. Maybe you find a new recipe and you're like, I'm going to cook this tonight. That's improvement. Maybe you're saying, you know what? From here on out, I'm going to make my bed every single day. That's improvement. I'm going to take the stairs instead of the elevator. That's improvement. You don't have to make these huge, huge declarations. It's just little things. Like we talk about in the seminar. It's a, everything that you do either comes down to a simple error in judgment. Or a simple decision. Or a simple discipline. Or discipline, yeah. When I say decision, yeah. No. Good shit. You motherfucker. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I hate that you said that earlier. <laughs> um, it's fantastic. You you uh, you made me think when you had mentioned the basketball coach, the Tiger Woods swing coach thing. Is people say, "Well, you haven't made it," but what is one? First of all, what is it? Mm-hmm. And second of all, you don't understand my delta. Where I'm at doesn't indicate where I will be and it also doesn't tell you what my progress has been right yeah if someone is perceived to be ahead of you in life it doesn't necessarily mean they're better off than you because your trajectory may be this Mm -hmm. and they've just been this yeah right so I think that's that's important to know as well. But um, yeah, man, shit. I think we're about to wrap up. We're at time. How about a, a little two-minute takeaway? you damn right. A little Kyle Reed two-minute takeaway. Two-minute takeaway, baby. So today's episode was all about how you can improve your life every day. Are you improving your life every single day? What are some things that you can do? One of the things I, I mentioned was um, I asked myself, does this add value to my life? I wrote a few things down that I, I don't think I mentioned either. Is Write down your goals. Write it down and make it plain, as, uh, as, my, as my boy Rob always says. <laughs> um, remind yourself of past learned behaviors. At some point, you couldn't walk. At some point, you didn't know how to ride a bike. But you figured it out. And now you have confidence in your ability. Even though you probably haven't done it in years, but you know that you can do it because you have done it. You have achieved something you once knew nothing about. 
bring yourself back to when you learn how to ride a bike. And the confidence and the lack of fear that that took to step out of your comfort zone to learn that new skill. Because that wasn't just riding a bike. That was a skill set that improved your life. It tremendously improved your life. Think about all the good times you had riding a bike. Why don't we do that as adults? Because we're afraid the helmets look corny? Yeah. Because I think they're sexy. (laughs) You would. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Challenge the status quo. What is your worth? If you have a life insurance policy that only covers your home and your credit cards, you're telling yourself you're not worth anything. You're only worth what the bank tells you your domicile costs. Uh, And then lastly, what you had mentioned. Perspective is powerful. If we all had the ability to step outside of of ourselves and take an outside look on things, I feel like we'd all be in a much better position. But we don't have that ability. What we do have is the ability to adapt and overcome and to allow ourselves to not take an outside perspective or analysis personal, but use it as a tool. Your body is a tool to get you to wherever you want to be, whether it be physically, mentally, or spiritually. It doesn't matter. You can get there as long as you use your tool in the right fashion. So with that, GYST podcast listeners, every single day, how are you improving your life? Little steps, ask yourself questions, remind yourself things that you can do, whether it's improving yourself, your family, your love life, your friends, your relationships, your professional, your professional life, whatever that is, ask yourself how you can improve every day. And with that, we are signing off. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to our GYST podcast. We hope you learned how to get your together.